Amy from TCIA here, and I've stolen the advertising slot that's typically reserved for podcast supporters. But this is important and someone handed me a mic, so here goes. TCIA is currently building out our educational agenda for TCI Expo 2022 in Charlotte. And as we look to diversify our speaker pool, we want to feature more women speakers as part of the main program. And in case you haven't heard, March is Women's History Month. So my request to anyone listening, especially my female arborists, let's make some history. Nominate yourself to speak at TCI Expo. Nominate a friend. Nominate someone you admire. Too often we sit back and assume that we aren't ready to speak, that we aren't professional enough, or that someone else would be better. But you are ready. You are professional enough. And who cares if someone else is better? The action of recognizing your unique perspective or those around you and putting yourself out there is a step in the right direction of making history for yourself and this show. So email me at atatro at tcia.org and I'll share the call for presentations link with anyone who's interested. And the deadline for submissions is approaching quickly. We'd love to have everything by March 16th or so. And listen, just because you throw your hat or someone else's hat in the ring doesn't mean you'll get the job. As the TCIA rep, I feel this is an important reminder, but listen, we've all got to start somewhere, right? Let's all work together to feature more women speakers as part of the main TCI Expo program. By the way, I think it's important to note that we are looking for business, safety, and arboriculture related topics. Quite frankly, we need women to speak on industry topics, not just women topics. See you in Charlotte. This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kotma for tree care. Kotma cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering, made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Well, my name is April Petrie. I am owner of Petrie Arbor Lawn and Landscape. Um, I work basically in the office. Um, so that the HR, the accounting, and a lot of times I still answer the phones. It just depends on um, if uh, if you catch me at the right time. Uh, so that's basically the involvement that I have in Petrie Arbor. Thank you. And, you know, thank you for being on the podcast. I actually, you know, I was thinking about it before, you know, I asked you to be on the podcast. I was like, you were actually one of you and Brad were actually some of the first people I met from the from the industry at um at EAW in New yes. York so yes. it just yeah. it makes me laugh about you know w- how far it's been since then <laughs> yes it, it does seem like it's been a long time ago but uh, yeah it's it's always fun meeting people at TCIA and um you know we make long long-term friends it's uh TCI is a lot of fun all the the conferences so yes <laughs> So the the question I ask most people on here is how did you actually get started in the tree care industry? Because most of the people on here talk about how they just kind of stumbled into it. Is that the same for you? Pretty much. Um, so I have a, a cousin um, who would, would remove trees um, and we were watching him one day and uh, tree care is always so much fun to watch. Um, and so when, when he got done removing the tree, Brad looked at me, he's like, you know, he said, I think that we can do that. And uh, so we, we kind of, uh, you know, kind of discussed it and kicked the can, um, if you would say. But um, so we had, um, we decided that we would try that. And I had, my sister-in-law had a neighbor 
who had a tree that was down and he asked us if we would cut it up for firewood for him and we're like sure you know we'll, we'll, we'll help you out and he's like well how much would you, would you charge and we said well about 80 dollars so um i went and i borrowed a chainsaw from my dad um so it's an old blue Poland chainsaw homeowner style um, that he would cut trees. Um, when I was a little girl, he would cut the trees for our fireplace. That's how we heated our house. So we took that chainsaw and uh, because it um, wasn't well kept, um, it took us about three days to cut up that $80 tree. Um, so that is basically how we started with a, a borrowed chainsaw and a, an underbid tree job. <laughs> that's that's a crazy story. I can't, you yes. know, I'm sure looking back on it now, the whole $80 and one chainsaw <laughs> thing must make you just kind of go crazy a little bit on the inside. Oh, for sure. And uh, when the guys come to us and they say they need a chainsaw, I definitely have an appreciation for, um, you know, the commercial grade and uh, the, the different um, kinds that's out there. So I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. So, so after that was your you know, your first job, what did you guys do to be better prepared for the second job? So it wouldn't take you three days. Exactly. So we, um, we obviously put our, our, um, pulled our savings and we, and we went and bought the commercial grade Husqvarna. So that was our first brand of song and we're, we're kind of partial to that grade um, or brand. So that's, that's kind of where we, uh, we started knocking on doors. If we noticed a dead tree in the yard and um, we would knock on the door and, and, you know, Hey, do you have you noticed that you have a dead tree? You know, it's something that that we can take care of for you. And basically, we just um, really started from from there. Yeah. And I guess what kind of education did you end up having as you were learning to do all this stuff? Was it a formalized education through like TCIA or ISA? Or was it just kind of like on the job learning? So the background um, that I came from was the customer service background with banking um, and, and different things like that. Um, Brad had a sales background. And so when we decided to start the company, we, we had those um, things to kind of propel us you know, forward. But in um, reading the, um, back then it was the National Arborist Association, the NAA, and we, we had picked up one of those magazines and um, we were reading through it like, man, you know, there's just so much more to it. Um, and so that's how we um, got involved with the Tree Care Industry Association um, and the ISA, just realizing that we needed that knowledge and that education to help our business. And so we started attending the conferences and Brad uh, in turn became certified. Um, he's our certified arborist on staff. And um, we also have a board master certified arborist on staff. And so it's um, education is extremely important, extremely important. We try to push all of our employees to be certified, you know, so it's, it's definitely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've clearly seen it in you guys, as I've seen you guys at EAW, TCI Expo, WMC, um, you guys very much live and breathe education. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is true. And this is our first year that we got to attend the uh, Winter Management Conference, and it was so much fun. I'm so glad that you all do that. So I um, uh, would love to go next year. <laughs> Well, we'd love to have you. So, uh, you know, speaking for everybody we'll at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel that one too. The we'll see portion of it. Um, so with all of that, you know, the education stuff being said and getting the involvement, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your company as it is today? Uh, yes. So Petrie Arbor has been in the green industry for 22 years. And I say green industry because we do have the other side of the company. We have a landscape division. So we um, have certified arborists on staff, this uh, CTSP. Um, and then I like to think that um, for our area, we are a trendsetter. Um, so we are in the process of becoming a certified woman-owned company. Um, and I haven't pulled the stats on that, um, but I'm pretty sure that there's not many of those in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and uh, we were one of the first in the industry to bring in the, um, the grapple log trucks. Um, now they've been around, but we've used them a different way. Um, we uh, use the actual, the grapple part of it in removing trees. 
So that was a little different. Um, and then um, we were one of the first people to bring in the OMI and the spider lift to our community. And then back in 2019, we purchased a, a knuckle boom crane with a mechanol saw head. And uh, that was an amazing piece of equipment. Um, so we, we, we have that along with the education um, and no, no, that's that's perfectly fine. I think that really covers. No, I think you I think you covered your company and what you guys are right now. But you know, your success is also in spite of, you know, a recent loss that you guys had in was it 2019? Um I remember it was right before the last expo in Pittsburgh. You guys had, you know, a disaster strike your company, if you don't mind talking a little bit about what happened there. Yes, so um, back in September of 2019, um, we had a, a total loss fire, um, almost total loss, I would say. Um, and then in October of the same year, um, all of our um, chainsaws, except for two of them, <laughs> they, they didn't take the, um, the battery-powered chainsaws. I guess that's because um, uh, they didn't have the chargers with them. And then um, COVID hit. So in less than six months, um, our company went through um, quite a bit. In less than six months, we had all three of those, um, I would call them disasters, hit our our, our industry, or our business. Um, so from the fire aspect, um, we were blessed to have two crews out that day. So the equipment that they had with them um, was basically all that we were left with. Um, our office was consumed um, and we had quite a bit of um, large equipment, excavators, uh, wheel loaders, the crane that I just discussed, um, that, that was all in the fire. So basically we had lost all of our jobs moving forward we didn't know um who you know was on schedule next um it was a little nerve-wracking i guess <laughs> uh because you didn't know what you had and what you didn't have so we just kind of waited um for the fire to die down and was able to piece together what we could i guess my next question is how did you i mean with all of those things just happening one after another how do you recover from something like that well, you know us, Joe. So a lot of it was a prayer. <laughs> uh, we, we uh, you know, have our faith that, um, you know, we are God-fearing people. So a lot of it was prayer. Um, but we had 20 years of experience already. Um, and then we, when this happened, you you can't be the little kid, um, you know, in the, the grocery aisle that lays down and kicks his feet and, you know, screaming and crying because he didn't get the candy bar, you know. So you have to... Um, uh, you know, we, we had 17 employees at that time that were counting on us, their families. And um, so we, we took a week off and um, kind of, or, you know, tried to figure out where we were and how we can move forward. Um, and so that next Monday, we had our jobs lined out and, and we were back to business as normal um, as much as, you know, could be. So that's basically how we, how we you know, got started from, from the loss. Yeah, and then with with COVID hitting, how did that affect your your scheduling and your getting back on track? Because I know a lot of people in the industry had more business than what they could accept. Was that helpful or hurtful when you were trying to get back up? Um, so the when COVID hit, um, we were you know back to normal almost um, as far as the work because like I said we, we had the um, the equipment that was out um, when the fire happened so we were just trying to go back through calendars um, any emails that I could find and calling customers letting them know what happened and then you know once they understood we were able to get them back on the calendar and continue moving forward so once COVID hit um, thank goodness we were um, labeled essential so we um, just you know took you know, proper precautions, um, you know, sanitizers, different things like that to, you know, to keep our crew members safe and um, our clients. And we were able to continue work and moving forward. So we lost some jobs um, because, you know, some clients, you know, they had to change what they were doing. They took layoffs and, um, or, you know, had to change working at home, or maybe, you know, the spouse had to, you know, stay at home. So therefore, they weren't paying daycare. So we took a, a, you know, a hit as far as that goes, but we were, we were able to continue working throughout that. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of what we heard. And, you know, I think I have a, I guess it's a two-part question about um, just your company in general. I don't 
know you know your area super well but do you think because you guys were known in the community it was a little easier for you to get that understanding from your customers I, I would say so we you know had by that time been in business uh, 19 20 years and um, you know we had built a very healthy clientele very a lot of repeat you know customers but to this day uh, we we talked to someone who actually was a repeat or is a repeat customer and they hadn't heard anything about the fire so it just you know goes back to a test you know for the a lot of uh you know our faith and prayer and um, you know for direction and how we need to do things and um you know keep moving forward and we we take the like i said we take the mindset where you you don't sit down and pout you just gotta keep up and, and gotta keep working and that's that's all you got yeah and then the second part of my question then has to do with your employees um and employee retention because that's always you know a big topic but because you're you guys have been in business so long and have that it still must have been a little nerve wracking to you know go through a fire and then worry are your employees going to be able to stay through this or not because i'm sure you have people that you want to keep who were also worried about putting food on the table for their own families that's exactly right um so we were very blessed and fortunate um there were i know two employees that was I guess, scared, um, and that they left. Um, everyone else stayed with us. Um, we, we kept in constant communication with them, and we let them know, you know, hey, we're, we're not sitting down. We are, you know, even though everyone else had the week off, um, uh, Brad and I were working intently um, to contact, like I said, if we were searching through anything we could find, you know, text, emails, to find our clients um, to build back up our um our schedule. And so we kept in contact with them, you know, letting them know, hey, you know, we're, we're working on this for you. We'll be back to work on Monday. And um, like I said, we did have the two um, who who left and went elsewhere. And at this time, one of them has, has come back. So we do retain our employees well, and we're very grateful for that. And I think the gentleman who's been with us the longest has probably been uh, 13 years. Um, and so we're we're very grateful to the people who are here and who do work with us. Can we talk a little bit about your employee retention? I mean, 13 years is a long time to keep any employee, regardless of whether it's the tree care industry or even just, an, you know, like another job. I mean, at TCA, we have a few people who are over 10 years, but what's what's your sort of, I guess, retention strategy or just your company culture that keeps people there for so long? Well, it would definitely be the culture, um, the the strategy, uh, you know, that's something that you have to kind of rebuild, you know, coming from the fire. So that's, that's a slowly, a slow process. So the culture would, would be um, what, what keeps everyone here. So we, we have a, um, I guess, a small family feel where we are we're friends, but we kind of have that wall there, you know, where you, you as an employer, you don't want to go pass too yep. far, um, you know, but we actually value our employees. We love them. We care for them. Um, and we want them to know that. Um, we recently had an employee that went through um, some issues and, you know, immediately we let him know, hey, we're here for you. You know, if, if you need time off for this, you know, what, whatever you need, let us know and, and we will do the best that we can do to help you. And um, we, we've done that for uh, several of our employees. So they know um, we, we had one uh, whose transmission uh, went out in his truck and we're like, well, we, we value him. You know, we, we need him to come to work every day. Um, and he's been a great employee. And so we're like, OK, we'll, we'll help, um, you know, pay for this and then, you know, just pay us back as you can. And so it's just little things like that that we um you know, try to do for, for the people, um, that, that work with us, um, because it's not for us, it's, it's really with us, um, because we're, we're down in the, the, the mud with them, you know, sometimes, so we, we enjoy, um, the people who work with us. And how many employees do you guys have? So we have, I think, 14 at this time. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is, is fantastic. And I think as the industry looks towards, um, employee retention, you know, I think you kind of hit it on the head where it's not necessarily always about pay. I mean, sometimes it is, but a lot of the time is about giving them that 
that work life balance to be able to, you know, work because this is their job, but also give them the opportunity to pursue the other things that they're passionate about as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess one question I have is just what are your your plans going forward? You know, I'm sure after coming back from a fire and COVID and everything else, your plans had to have changed a little bit. So if, if you don't mind sharing, what are you guys, you know, looking towards in the future? Um, so our plans moving forward um, equipment wise, um, because we have to replace, you know, what was lost. Um, we've been fortunate enough to be able to replace basically one piece of equipment a year. So that's that's been a, a, a blessing. Um, as far as the employee side goes, um, now we're kind of in the market where everybody is needing um, to, to fill slots or roles in their company. And so we just got back like we had talked before from the TCIA winter management. Um, and in one of the classes that I attended, he was speaking about how employees are looking for different things. Um, and what you just mentioned also about the pay that's not as important to them as it has been in the past. What's important to the employees moving forward is that they do get to spend that time with their family or, you know, their, their kid has some sort of soccer practice or, you know, something at, you know, say four o'clock when the time that we normally get off work is 4.30, um, you know, hey, can we get off a little bit early today uh, so that they can attend that, you know, for their children. So I know that um, employees or future employees are looking for a little bit more flexibility. Um, so when we came back from the management, um, winter management, um, we are sitting down or we're still in the process of sitting down and, you know, trying to figure out how can we be more quote unquote flexible in, you know, what we do, especially since, you know, the, our jobs are usually like at eight to four 30 or, you know, seven to three 30 and um, where we're actually in trees. So how can we be more flexible to, you know, the people who are actually out there doing the labor? So that's, that's kind of what we're, um, you know, trying to look at futuristic. And then we're always, always looking at uh, the latest and greatest in equipment. So, um, you know, uh, the, the knuckle boom cranes and how are they changing the industry and, you know, just different things like that. So it's uh, equipment's exciting too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you guys have a lot on your plates coming up for, you know, both the near future and the far future. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I want to transition a little bit and, you know, talk a little bit more about you. Um, March is Woman in Tree Care Month, and TCA is doing their part to give different platforms for the women in the industry to speak on their experiences and their thoughts and, you know, also kind of looking forward, what do we need to do? You know, I don't particularly like this question because it's really broad, but what is it like being a woman in the industry? Have you experienced any difficulties because of, you know, whether it's, I, I know, you know, you started off and it was you and Brad, did you experience difficulties trying to, you know, sell to uh, customers because, you know, you're a woman, so you couldn't be the expert or anything like that? Um, I haven't really faced a lot of that. Um, I, I actually face um, that the most whenever I call an auto parts store and ask for an auto part. And the, the gentleman on the other end is like, oh, you can tell they're like, man, I'm talking to a woman. <laughs> so um, because I am um, mostly, um, you know, the, um, the office side to everything, I, I really don't experience that um, as much as maybe a female who is you know, climbing a tree or who is a groundie. So it's, it's a little different for me, but there are times, you know, where they question, you know, really you, you're owned by, a, your company's owned by a female. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, I've been here through every bit of it, you know, so we, we started this together and yeah, so there's plenty of times, you know, where, where, um, where Brad is out of town and it, it's me and um, I've, I've got a great, great uh, gentleman um, who, who helps um, and he's our general manager, his name's Scotty. And um, he's kind of my liaison, you know, between the crew. So he's, he's fantastic. So yes, so that's, that's kind of how I work in the business as, as a female. And you, you mentioned too earlier that um, you're going to be one of the first, is it certified women owned business in yeah. your area? What, yes. what, what does that entail? 
So um, basically, um, one of the ways that being a certified uh, woman-owned business, um, how that can help is we're able to bid on um, government contracts and different things like that. Um, being a, uh, a woman-owned business, it's uh, set apart as what would be called a minority business. And um, if I've got my stats correct, 24% uh, of government contracts um, are to go to minority um, owned businesses. And so um, having the industry that we do, the education that we do, um, the safety um, that we have, it's something that I would like to try to take the business into um, to see, I guess, that how that works and to kind of get a feel for that. And especially if, you know, COVID, you know, they, they do something like they did with COVID where things get shut down or, you know, I'm wondering how you know, government contracts and things like that would help with the stability of income and work for a company. So it's it's something that uh, we, we just started doing. Um, and, and I'm kind of, you know, curious myself to see how this is going to work or <laughs> play out. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I didn't realize that, you know, it, I mean, I guess I never thought too hard about it, because I'm not a company owner or anything. But I didn't realize, you know, me being in marketing, I was thinking solely on the marketing side of things that that would be, you know, a beneficial marketing strategy. I didn't think of the actual, like the government work coming out of it. That's a, yeah. that's a really big deal. And that's not limited to your area, correct? You can do that from all across the country. Sure. Um, the, the thing that really piqued my interest in this um, is we live right next to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Beautiful, beautiful piece of land to me. Um, and there is a place called Foothills Parkway that kind of runs through it. And there was a company who contacted us um, because we do have a certified arborist on staff. There was a contract that was put out um, and this company wanted to bid on it, but they needed an arborist. And uh, so we, we discussed everything with them and, and come to find out they were a company that basically, you know, ran construction equipment. And when I say construction equipment, I mean, you know, bulldozers, excavators, you know, things along those lines. But they were coming here to the mountains, you know, to to cut and, and trim trees. So that really kind of got my juices flowing on that. It's like, you know, hey, you know, if, if they're doing this, we are certified and this is kind of our niche, our baby. Why are we not doing this? But then again, I didn't have, you know, the certifications and, you know, things like that to be able to bid. So if we had had the woman-owned certification, it's not a guarantee that we get the job, but we at least had our foot in the door and, you know, we, um, we could have potentially gotten that job and uh, hopefully would have done a little bit better. <laughs> um, you probably would have so. done much better than somebody with a bulldozer, <laughs> but, you know, that's my, that's yes. my unprofessional opinion. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So that that's really, um, you know, what piqued my interest in it. There, there's no reason for a construction company to be, you know, out there cutting and pruning on trees when that's kind of, you know, like I said, our niche. So um, I, I definitely, you know, want to be the company that people call to handle that that market or that contract, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, especially for something like a national park and yes. national forest and all that kind of stuff yes. really shouldn't be handled by just anybody. That's correct. That's correct. That's the way I feel too. <laughs> is the, is the certification process difficult? Is it, or is it just a lot of paperwork and documenting? Um, just trying to think, you know, for anybody who may be listening, who's interested in the procedure, kind of what, what's the time commitment that you put into getting all of this done? Yeah, so that's that is a great question. Um, so it is very intense. There is a ton of paperwork. I mean, one of the things that they're asking for, um, just right off the top of my head, is signature cards from our bank accounts. Um, so I, I think that they're wanting to. Um, obviously, they're trying to prove, you know, that a woman does indeed own the company. So there's a lot of different, you know, things that they're asking for. Also, they come out and they do a. Um, a job site uh, interview where they speak to all of your employees and they, um, you know, come to your office, they go to a job location, but, uh, and I am in Tennessee, so it could be different, you know, in other states, but also the, I think the most difficult part is there's not just one blanket certification. Um, there are several different avenues of uh, certification and they all 
kind of go for different things. So a business may contact you looking for something specific. And if you don't have that certification, you know, then you kind of, I guess, get, get knocked out, you know, from doing that, that job. So there's, like I said, there's about seven different ones. So I'm going to have to try to obtain all of them. That way I'm flexible in being able to um, help whatever contractor, a general contractor contacts our company. So there's, there's a lot involved. Yeah, I mean, that's, that sounds like, a. I don't want to say more so than even the TCA accreditation process. But it sounds like there's a lot more parts, you know, in managing your crews and managing expectations when somebody comes out to the the job site on them and be like, look, this is why we need them. (laughs) You know, so yeah, I mean, that sounds I'm happy that you were able to get part of it done, but it just sounds like a, a long process to do, but it sounds like it's ultimately it going to be worth it in the end. It, it will. It will. I'm, I'm sure it will. So, but it is exciting. And um, to, um, like I said, I, I don't know of any other certified um, woman owned tree care, you know, business uh, in our area. So it will be exciting uh, to know that I've accomplished that, um, you know, not just for myself, but also for our, our company. So yeah, that's an exciting um, feat, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge deal. So, you know, congratulations to you and everybody at the company for, for being part of it. Thank you, thank you. It, switching topics, just real fast. So, you know, you guys have been in business for, 20 years 19 years um, um yeah tw- 22 yes 22. the fire and all that happened yeah 19 and 20 yes sir um so and you had your your various backgrounds um you and your husband had your various backgrounds but it wasn't in actually like owning and running a company did you find mentors along the way to help you learn the process or were you to mostly a a trial by fire <laughs> I would say it's probably both. Um, you know, we we did try to educate ourselves, you know, quite a bit, but we did look for other um, leaders, um, and not not just necessarily in tree care, but other leaders um, in their field that could help guide us through. I remember um, countless phone conversations, you know, just speaking to people, you know, well, how do you do this? And how do you do payroll? You know, just different questions, you know, that you would ask, um, because as a company grows, um, and you've never done those things before, it's always nice to have, you know, someone that you can call and, and ask. Um, and then there's, um, you know, always the the TCIA, um, I've, I've relied on them, you know, quite a bit. Um, so everyone there has always been helpful with the training manuals. And, you know, especially, especially, I cannot speak enough about going to the November expos. Those have been our most fun. Um, and because we are so family-minded, we, we have taken our kids every time that we've went um, and they have always had a blast. And, you know, in doing that, um, we're, we're hoping that they, um, without them knowing it, we're hoping that they're learning about the tree care industry and that they want to take over the company um, at, at some point when it's needed. So, um, but yes, a mentor is always, always an invaluable uh, tool that you can have. You know, I'm going to make my unrelated comment about the expo and, you know, the kids, but like, you know, if somebody brought me when I was younger to a place with a bunch of chainsaws and giant trucks and free stuff, like I'd be cool with going back every year. Exactly, exactly. And I remember one year um, we, we have um, Gage, he's our youngest, he's nine. And um, I remember uh, one of the years that we took him and he was probably about two or three. And um, I'm going to butcher this name, but I, I, it's Johnson. Uh, chainsaws had given him a toy uh, chainsaw he absolutely loved that and he played with it constantly and that was one of the items you know going back to the fire um you know that we lost because we practically lived there um you know if, if we weren't at work or if the kids weren't at school they were they were with us at work um so you know they had toy boxes you know different things there um and that that chainsaw um was in it so it's very sad so we went out um to uh one of our local stores here and you know replaced it for him but it's just those little invaluable things you know that you lose and um, when a fire comes through so and I know Joe I jumped all over that so I apologize no no please don't apologize <laughs> you know thank you for, for sharing and you know talking about that um yes. 
but Expo is definitely an experience, um, regardless of how old you are. I mean, I remember my first Expo, and I probably felt the same way your kids did at their first one, where you're just kind of wide-eyed, looking at stuff go around you. And it's, um, yeah, I think it'd probably be enough to convince anybody to stay in the industry, but that's just... <laughs> That's just my own opinion from somebody who got into it at uh, 22. I started here. So, so yeah, a little, a little bit older than your kids, (laughs) but it's still, nevertheless, it's still fun. (laughs) It's, it's a lot of fun. Circling back to the mentor conversation, because we've been having a lot of conversations internally at TCA about our own mentorship program and trying to improve it and make it better. Do you find when you get a mentor, is it a more formalized approach or is it just kind of like, like a formalized as in like you join a group or a service um, and they kind of match you up and you make mentors that way? Or do you find it just kind of like a natural thing as you're out on your day to day, you meet meet somebody or get to know somebody or you frequent a local business and you just start up a conversation. Like how do you, how do you find a mentor? I guess you personally. Yeah, it's, uh, I definitely think it's the more natural approach. Um, so when you're out, you know, talking to people and, and learning, you know, what they do and really it's a lot of, you know, just listening to someone else tell their story and you can learn so much if you're willing um, by listening to someone else's story. So I, I would hope, um, and I, I obviously, you know, for lack of time, we, we can't go into everything, you know, about the fire, but I, I would hope that if someone listened, you know, to this podcast, that they would take away, you know, man, when something devastating happens to you, um, you know, life throws you lemons, um, you, you, you do, you make lemonade, you, you don't stop, you might be knocked down, but you're not destroyed, and you get back up, and you keep fighting, and uh, I definitely think that that's important, um, you know, you, that, that you don't give up, um, so I would hope that someone would take that, um, you know, from the podcast today, but, you know, finding, um, we've joined networking groups before, uh, been members of um, uh, BNI, and other various networking groups, and, you know, there's always um, people in there who have, have been through more than what you've ever been through, or, um, you know, they're just learning something new, just like you are, and, and you can come together and learn it, learn the same thing together, uh, whether it's a software, or, you know, like when um, Instagram came out, um, now, um, I'm learning about reels, um, you know, because I'm not on there as much. I'm kind of the different generation, you know, so it, it's just little different things, you know, that um, you, you can glean from other people and uh, you, you're not gleaning much if you're not, um, you know, out there uh, talking to different people. So definitely networking is a good thing. Yeah. And I think it's also important what you said too. It doesn't all, like you kind of mentioned it, uh, it doesn't all have to be face-to-face, you know, right. even something like Instagram, you can learn so much from somebody just through a, a conversation because you like one of their photos. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts or a lot of different, um, I, I think it's uh, gold cast or coast or whatever um i listen to those you know so that um ted talks um you know where um you you learn a lot about leadership and you know sometimes you can just kind of sift it um you know through does that apply to you or can you make it applicable to your situation if not you know it was it was something you know that that you can always keep in the back of your mind to use uh in the future if, if needed so they're always fun to listen to you know i can imagine that when you have so many people that you, you know, either mentor with or, you know, the TED Talks and podcasts, you have to be really specific about what kind of um, advice you take. Um, so how do, how do you personally determine like, yes, this is good advice or no, it's not? Or is it just because you've been in the industry and doing this and running your business for so long, it's just kind of second nature now, or is it something that you still have to be like, well, that sounds like a great idea, but it's not actually my business. So let's put this one aside for a bit. Right. Um, I, I think the the second uh, example that you gave is, is more of what I do. So I am always trying to look for new things. Um, you know, what's the, the new thing that's coming about. And so I'm always looking for, for ways to grow, not just myself, but um, our employees, the company. So a lot of that, um, you know, I will start a, um, let's, 
for instance, a TED Talk, and um, I listen. And if they don't exactly align with my my value system, I'll continue listening to it. Um, but then, you know, like I said, by the end of it, um, I am kind of sifting it to see, okay, you know, I didn't like what they said here, so we we won't use that part. But what they said at the very beginning was, you know, spot on. So we'll we'll, we'll maybe you know see if we can implement that in our company and see how that works. So you know, definitely, definitely we sift a lot. Yeah. And I think that's a good approach, you know, me personally. And I think even at TCA, sometimes we get really excited when the, the newest thing comes out. Right. And, you know, in my own life, I know I've started something because it was new and cool and flashy and got into it and then realized, oh, this is not sustainable for me at all. That's correct. Yes. And I, th- I think it's really hard for, for both parts to realize that it's not sustainable for you, even if you're passionate about it, but also if you've started something to let it go, if it's not actively helping you. Exactly. Yeah. And you, yeah, you can't be afraid, um, you know, to let something go if it's, if it's not going to help your, your company or you yourself. So, but, um, yeah, you always got to keep looking, um, but that, that doesn't mean that you have to use it. And if you do decide to, you know, to use the knowledge or the product, um, you know, whatever, it doesn't mean that you have to keep it. So I agree with you on that. Um, uh, just a, a general question I have, and this could apply to, you know, anybody in the industry, but really what advice do you have for um, either current business owners or people looking to start, you know, their own tree care company? You know, the, a lot of our friends that we've met along the way here in the tree business, they actually, you know, worked for other companies and then decided, um, you know, to run a, you know, a tree care company. Brad and I did not start that way. So I would, I would say, um, you know, definitely everybody has their own process. Um, and I, I think uh, gleaning knowledge, um, you know, from your peers, um, attending the, the TCIA conferences, um, becoming certified in our industry, um, just knowledge is, is one of the, the most important things that you can give. And um, we have a, a lot of clientele, you know, they usually, you know, for like maybe an insurance job or something, you know, a customer will call in and say, you know, we got a tree on our roof or, um, you know, we got to get three estimates. So that's kind of the general consensus of what clients will do. And so we, we get a lot of feedback um, from our customers saying, wow, you are the only person who came out here and explained trees to us um, in the manner that you did, or, you know, you guys have so much knowledge and, you know, um, we, we decided even though you guys were $500 more than the other company, we're going to go with you because we feel like your knowledge base is, you know, more valuable um, to us. So it, it's amazing, you know, what knowledge can do for you. So don't, don't ever stop learning um, always, you know, keep attending um, classes and conferences and, you know, learning about uh, uh, trees, um, you know, in, our environment, um, you know, they, they're ever changing too. So we, we just need to always, I think knowledge is, is, is very important. Yeah, no, I like that, you know, and being from an organization that wants to educate, I couldn't agree more about the, the knowledge aspect. Yes. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And it, it is amazing to me how um, there was a, a lady, you know, as an example, she called in and she's like, you know, um, we would like to go with you guys. She said, but man, you know, you all were, were more expensive. And then we we go on to explain them. Yes, but this this is what's going on with your tree. And, you know, this is what, um, you know, we, we just kept you know, ex- explaining to them, you know, about their tree and giving them, you know, the quote unquote knowledge, um, you know, about that. And, you know, we, we were able to sell the job in that manner. So it's, I, I definitely think that if you could tell someone and explain to them, it's not just a sale, it's about building a relationship and, and um, you know, empowering people to make the decision to do what they would like to do on their property. Um, but one of the ways that we help them is by giving them that knowledge of their trees. And then they, they can, are better equipped to decide, you know, on what they need to do as far as, you know, pruning or removals, uh, you know, different things like that. I like that. And I, I like that approach too. Um, just because we're coming up on the end of our time together, um, just trying to be respectful of your time. Is there anything that you'd like to say or talk about that we haven't gotten time to yet? Um, Joe, I do not know. <laughs> you can say no. It's a totally open. Okay. It's totally okay. open. Well, 
So I look at the, the industry a little different. So, you know, and I've already talked to Stephanie, some of the other people. I, I am the, the female that's in the office. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not the one that's in the tree. I'm not the one, you know, that, um, you know, because being in the tree is the, the fantastic part. I mean, if, if I could climb, I would, but I'm too afraid to. But at any rate, I mean, that's where all the glamour is. And I, I understand that. And that's, you know, fantastic. But I'm in the office, you know. And so a lot of times I have to, you know, remind myself that I'm just as important, you know, just because I'm not out there cutting down the tree, they wouldn't be in that tree if I didn't take the phone call. Does that make sense? No, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, th this part is kind of really what's hard for me to be in quotes, a woman in the tree care industry, you know, because I'm not in the tree. It's not flashy. It's not the glamorous side of it, you know, but I, I am, I have to remind myself, I'm just as valuable because I am the hub to the wheel, you know, um, I'm, you know, if, if they didn't get their paperwork, if, if they didn't get their paycheck, you know, just different things like that. So I, I, I don't know. I just, that, that's the hard part for me, Joe. So I, I don't have, you know, all the glamorous things to say. Does that make sense? No, a hundred percent. I, you're not alone in that. Um, yes. And I know, don't think I am. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it is hard because that's the part that people take pictures of and, post yes. up and you know the part yes. that everybody goes oh that's so cool not yes. realizing that it takes you know one person doing a small army's worth of work behind the scenes to make it so they can even get out there and have the equipment and have that's the right. you know everything inspected and have the certifications and have the opportunity to get the education that lets them do all this so you yeah. know i've talked with stephanie about it and you know i've i've heard the different sides from a lot of people about how oh, I'm sure yeah it's, and it's and it's not even just you know it's not uh, it's not just you know from TCIA but just all over you know even when we talk with people from ISA people have a hard time when it comes to that whole you're an office worker so are you exactly. technically part of tree care well exactly. I'd, I'd say I'd say yes personally <laughs> you know but that's yeah that's my own thoughts behind it you're still involved with the industry you're still you still have the knowledge about the industry it, not everybody's built to be a tree climber regardless I mean right I, I hate heights so like yeah. being, <laughs> a, being a climber is not is not it for me but like exactly but you're just as important because we need marketing. You know what I mean? So it, that that's the thing I would love to see an article on, you know, is is what drives, you know, maybe the, the not necessarily the industry, but all the back work. You know, people don't see that after we hang up the editing that you're going to do. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to hear it, but they don't know all the work that you put into it. You know, they're, they're just going to hear the end result. And so that's kind of, you know, when when customers see, you know, the trees down and that we did an impeccable cleanup, that's what they see. They don't see, you know, that I'm here till seven o'clock at night. They don't see, um, you know, the times that I have to leave to go grab my kids from school and rush back to work. And they don't see where I'm trying to answer the phones while I'm driving <laughs> or I'm answering the phones in the, you know, the school pickup line. So I think it would be nice if, if there was some sort of an article that kind of, you know, sh showed, and, and women don't have to be what's always in the office because men's not always what's in a tree, you know. I'm sure yep. there's men who um, work, I think when we was out at Tad's place last time, um, he actually had a, a male that was in the office doing the scheduling, um, Tad Jacobs. Yep. Um, so, I mean, th it's not that it's specific, but, you know, I, I, I don't think, it's, it's kind of hard to be a female and say that I'm a female in the tree care industry when I'm I'm not important, but I am, you know what I mean? And I'm not one of those uh, real big feminists. So that's the reason why I am in the back, uh, you know, a whole lot. And I try to push Brad as much as I can, you know, because Brad doesn't care to, you know, to talk and discuss things, you know? So that's, that's kind of where we are. If all that's off record, I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> you're all you good. It, unless you can make it work and I don't sound stupid. I'm okay with it. <laughs> no. And I think you're, you're echoing a sentiment. A lot of people would have, um, you know, if you don't mind, I'm going to put in some parts of this talking about that, but how, you know, you'll sound, you'll sound more than fine, but you know, part of what I'm looking to do too, is, you know, be able to, to give you a voice to express this kind of stuff, regardless, you like it when everything's just perfect and praise 24 seven, because everything's not perfect in the industry. So if there are 
you know, valid complaints or criticisms or observations. I don't want to not put them in because they don't go along with the narrative. Like everything's okay because everything's not okay. There's so much more we can do. And, you know, part of that, you know, I guess for us is, you know, making you feel empowered to tell your story and not feel like, not feel like an outsider in your own industry. I mean, as a, as a business owner, that is, you know, incredibly important because if nobody owned the business, these guys wouldn't be working because, because I think we talk about a lot, you know, how the phrase is out there. Well, anybody can, you know, run a business. That's not entirely true. You know, there's a lot of people who say, go out there and start your own business. It's not, you know, as hard as you think, it's just as hard as you think. Some people just don't acknowledge it. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I just, um, I, I talked to Stephanie about it some last year, you know, we had that one, uh, woman's day and it would be nice. I mean, I definitely kudos to the females who get up in the trees. I, I am love it. Go for it. Um, it would be nice if they had, um, some classes that was geared towards them and, we females, males who are in the office, if there were classes that were geared towards us, more like, you know, human resources, the legal, um, you know, a couple legal things that obviously you all could talk about that wouldn't, you know, have ramifications because I know y'all have to be careful of what you talk about it, you know, at some of the things, um, you know, there's a uh, software talk about, you know, how QuickBooks is ever changing or, you know, just different things like that marketing, man. Yeah. I mean, help. I didn't even know that reels was a thing until one of my employees was like, Hey, we ought to be on reels. I'm like, well, what's that? He's what's on your Instagram. So it's just little things like that, you know, that, um, and then maybe the last class of the day is where we all come together as women and, you know, learn something, um, you know, that, that's just kind of my idea on it because I'm not, I'm, a, I'm 43, Joe, and I've got kids, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I'm not the female that's in the tree. I'm, I'm just not. And, you know, ever since I was five, um, all I ever wanted to do was, was run the office. I mean, I love it. I love post-it notes and ink pens and all that jazz. So, um, but I don't know, maybe that's some ideas, you know, that, um, you know, for the, for TCIA moving forward, but I, I, I absolutely love the conferences and love you guys. Um, everyone that I've met has been extremely kind to us. Um, and, uh, just every, everyone is very nice, very special. So thank you all for that. This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by the brand new TCI Magazine website, the digital supplement to the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. No matter where you are in the world, you can have top-notch content, timely industry updates, and cutting-edge advertisers you have come to expect from TCI Magazine for the past 30 years, all in the palm of your hand. The fully responsive TCI Magazine website breaks down years of content into neatly organized categories specific to certain aspects of tree care businesses, making it easier than ever to navigate and find articles on exactly what you're looking for. You can discuss articles in real time through the new commenting feature, as well as share articles with friends, family, and colleagues through the vastly improved social sharing. We've also been listening to you, our readers, over the years. And to make this content more accessible than ever, we've included article translations for nine different languages. So if English isn't your primary language, you can still enjoy the experience of reading TCI Magazine. So head over to tcimag.tcia.org to check out the brand new TCI Magazine website, the official website of the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. That's tcimag.tcia.org. Dot O-R-G.